This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Joining us on the phone all the way from, is it Florida? Are you? I, I always think of you as Mr. Florida. Are you in Florida? Well, I just spent 14 years in Burbank, California, making movies with my two sons. That's crazy. But <laughs> but we decided to come home to Tarpon Springs, which is a little Greek fishing village on the Gulf Coast. Yes. So today, anyway, uh, you're Mr. Florida. It's Bertie Higgins joining us. Bertie, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Have there been, uh, is there a charity or a foundation you've been tied to or would like to promote? Well, I've done many charities over the years. I'm an easy touch. If I know the money's going where it's supposed to go, I'll do it. The last one I did was an equestrian charity, and I'm not a big horsey guy. But I always supported the Suncoast Seabird Sanctuary on Reddington Shores, run by Ralph Heath. Well, unfortunately, he died about six months ago. But, yeah, I mean, I've done Cancer Society Chair. I've done everything. Many golf tournaments, and I'm a lousy golfer. But they love me on the team because I had a great handicap. You know, when you join a team of good golfers with a 30 handicap, they say, come on board. Right. I, because, I don't know how you, uh, you know, I, you're Mr. Florida and you're and you're not good at golf. That's a little hard one. That's hard for me to believe. Well, I was on the golf team four years in high school. Oh, well, then you're, brother, oh, well, then you're way better than average. Well, no, I'm all right. I mean, I get the ball down the fairway. It's just I don't play at all now uh, as a hobby because it's just a way. I mean, I'll go grouper fishing before I'll play golf. Uh but my latest hobby is like Bob Dylan's, watching TV. I watch Turner Classic movies faithfully. I love them, the old black and whites. Because I was always a big Bogart fan, obviously, from Key Largo. Bobby, yeah. But I sang flat on the last verse. Don't forget that. <laughs> so the golf charities, uh, real quick, back to the equestrian charity. So equestrian, uh, it was to raise money and awareness for um youth to be able to ride the horses or learn how to ride horses that's an amazing that's an interesting uh, charity for me uh, to learn about tell me more about that well that's for the youth to ride horses it's therapy as well it's carol martin's daughter who was a billionaire that been friend of mine since we were in third grade her daughter was running the charity and they wanted me to come perform at it and of course i you don't tell carol martin no so i took the band over there and we set it up and did it uh then they tried to pay me I said, just pay the band. You know, I, I don't want anything out of this. But that's normally w- the way I do it. But charities are important to me if they go where they're supposed to go. Yeah, that's you know, that's the risk. Uh, you you got to do a little research as an artist to make sure you're getting involved with something that's legitimate and uh, that the money's going in the right place. So uh, hats off to you. And uh, as, a, I guess, um, a student of charities and foundations and, and uh, appreciating people that support them, uh, I appreciate that you get involved when uh, when asked and, and do it right. That's awesome that you do that. Well, if you come up with something, a uh, show, charity, I'll do it, man. Let's, let's do it. Let's just do it. I, I love that attitude. And uh, I'm always looking for, for ideas on live events to support charities and foundations. And now that I know... You know, you're in Florida. Uh, I love Florida, especially in the winter. Maybe, and you do golf outings. I love to golf. Maybe we'll have uh, the Adam Rich Show golf outing uh, somewhere near your hometown, and uh, we'll raise some money for a good charity. 
Well, Carol Martin, uh, there's a big course here called Innisbrook. Valspar got involved, and, and they do an annual thing. And she wanted me to get some celebrity friends of mine out of uh, out of L.A., which I did. I got her a couple guys. One was a co-star on Home Improvement, and uh, and he now has another TV show. Got them, flew them in. I know who you're talking about. The guy that does the the hose commercials. You're right. You he, got he, he uh, co he did the he was a host of uh, Family Feud for a little while too. What's his right. name? His name's escaping me. But continue. I, I'm sorry. Just a great guy, and but I, I rounded up a couple. Uh, celebrities because i know a lot of them richard karn that's his name richard karn yeah there it is rich and rich turned out to be a sweetheart he came out and really had a good but so richard <laughs> karn uh we're talking celebrity uh golf outing uh and we could get uh birdie higgins and richard karn from home improvement some of the some of your other buddies and and raise some money for a great cause down in florida i i think we should do that have you heard my version of leah with me and roy orbison singing it I have not heard that yet. No, I, I did read about that. Uh, the, God Almighty! You've worked with you know, Roy Orbison too. That's awesome. And, and I knew and I knew Roy from years from touring with Tommy Rowe in the Romans. Uh, but Roy, uh, but uh, Orbison was just an incredible vocalist. That was at uh, Creative Workshop on a real cold winter night in Nashville, and he come flying in in a Ferrari on the gravel parking lot and slid in sideways. Well, he didn't see real well. And I said, Roy, how you doing? How are your eyes? He says, fine. How are yours? And uh, <laughs> they set up two microphones were about three feet apart looking at each other. And if anybody can inspire you to sing some notes you didn't think you could, it was Orbison. No kidding. That's he had a tough life, man. He died way too young. But if you get a chance, go somewhere. Uh, go to Google and put Bertie Higgins Leah. You'll find it. And listen to this boy sing. Uh, the last note just made my hair stand on end. He's amazing. And I'm, I look back on that and I go, did that really happen? That There's the name of your autobiography. Did that really what? happen by Bertie Higgins? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I've already got what I want on my tombstone. It's just another day in paradise. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's hope yeah. that doesn't happen for, you know, 30, 40, more, 20, at least 20 to 40 more years from now. Well, here's what a lot of people don't know. About eight months ago, I had open-heart surgery. They did a three-way bypass. Have you ever had open-heart surgery? I am happy to report I have not had that, no. Scared the hell out of me, man. I but bet I it did. I, I don't remember any of it. So I bought a treadmill when I got home. That lasted about a week, and I said, God, this is awful. So now I, I don't even walk. So I'm just here, man. I'm just here. So we've sort of evolved into some heart health conversation here as well so what's it no, like no, uh, did no, you have no, to change no, your no. diet or anything i need to quit smoking and i've cut way back on that which has been difficult because i'm a smoker and i love it but it's been years i've been doing this thing and i'm going why are you still doing it bonehead what are you doing man but that'll go next i've got to get that out of my life because it can't be good it, can't it, be good that's not good Bertie. yeah even though it looked cool in the in the key largo video in your white suit with the hawaiian shirt and the cigarette it looked it was part of the yacht rock lifestyle for sure but i've gotten criticism about that people love to criticize you, oh man. they absolutely they criticize i mean that was 40 years ago it's not like you made I the video it, today well you know it is what it is man it was what it was and once you've done it and it's in ink you can't change it man even though you'd like to but I don't want to change a damn thing. I mean, except smoking. I need to quit it. And all you people out there listening, if you're smoking, don't. Don't start. Don't do it. A public service announcement. 
from Bertie Higgins. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, you know, sometimes I'll lay in bed at night and go to that. Did I, I amaze myself sometimes. I go, did, did I really do that? Did that really happen? It's an amazing career, man. It, it really has uh, been uh, awesome. Um, can you explain real quick about, um, you know, I haven't committed this to memory, but didn't you get, uh, are you knighted uh, overseas or or if not knighted, you aren't you held in some amazing high regard in Japan or aren't you like Elvis status somewhere overseas? Well, I'm very popular in all the Pacific Rim countries. I was in China Chi- eight okay. times in in 2019 but the last three years have been remarkable i was knighted i've got an honorary doctorate degree in music from hanover university in germany i was inducted into the uh beethoven hall of fame and the uh mozart hall of fame then i was just inducted into the florida artist hall of fame along with uh tennessee williams and uh several other notables so I've got a bronze plaque on the rotunda in Tallahassee, uh, wall of the Capitol. So it's been an incredible time in my life uh, with things going on like that. Then I was inducted into the Florida Music Hall of Fame. Burt Reynolds gave that award to me just before he died. He's been a friend. He was a friend of mine for several years. But it's been a remarkable time. So I tell my band, well, I'm Sturdy Higgins, Ph.D. You can either kiss my ring or kiss my you-know-what. <laughs> That's and right. And they, we'll, they said, we'll take the former. We'll kiss your ring. I was going to ask which what comes first on your business card, sir or, or doctor. So you're saying it's Sir Bertie Higgins, Ph.D. You got it. Oh, my. Do you have kids? Do you make your kids call you Dr. Higgins? No, 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 but uh, no, I've got kids. How many kids you got running around that, that you know of? Yeah, yeah, two daughters for myself, and uh, they uh, they could care less about their dad's career. So you don't have any children? No, I've got four. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you have four. That's what I was going to ask. Do, do they I, – I guess it's just been a phenomenon to me how, how children don't really care what their parents do for a living. Well, so mine kind of rubbed off. My eldest son, Damien, who lives in Brooklyn – is one of the top rave DJs in the world. Then I've got Julian, who's a film director, who just directed the uh, uh, Michelob Light commercial. Then I've got my youngest, Aaron, who's working for the Disney company on the Mandalorian project. So he said, Dad, I'm living my dreams. So my kids have done okay. The only sane one is my daughter, Kim, who's been with Southwest Airlines for 17 years. And said, Dad, they're giving us hell these days. It's tough. You know what? Of the four uh, careers you just described, I think I like the Southwest Airlines the best. That's my airline. That's what I fly. I'm in their loyalty program. I love your daughter. Well, she's the only sane one in the family, beside my wife. What does she do for uh, Southwest? Uh, She's been with them. She's she's a counter girl. Kind of people yell at, why is my flight canceled? Or why is my flight late? And she goes, damned if I know. I don't know. (laughs) You know, so they're driving her crazy. So I took her out to lunch the other day down at one of the Greek restaurants down at the Sponge Docks here in Tarpon. And we we have a ball talking about life in general. Does she roll her eyes if someone comes to the counter and says, how can I get to Key Largo? No, I don't think she's ever had that. (laughs) She she doesn't stick my name out there too far, even though when I go to the counter, they genuflect. I'm kidding, man. Well, they have to. You're You're a knight and a doctor. (laughs) <laughs> I, I i've never known a knight have you i i have this is my first time speaking to a knight uh 
I, I feel I'm honored, Sir Bertie Higgins, PhD. This is uh, this is quite an honor for myself. Um, well, it's pretty crazy. You stop and think about it, man. And I never quit. I never gave up. I keep bumping my head against that wall. Yeah. But I, I've learned I've learned a lot over the years. That's why I fired all my managers. I knew more than they knew. Uh, but I've got great I've got a great lawyer working with me named Joel Katz, who's one of the top entertainment lawyers in in the world, actually. Uh, but I try to avoid him because he's expensive. But if I have to, I'll go to him. That's what lawyers do. So as a when you got knighted, I mean, I, I don't know much about that process. Did you meet the queen? I mean, did you did they do the sword on each side of your shoulder? Yeah, but that knighthood came out of Germany. Each European country has their own knighthood program. Oh, okay. And uh, unfortunately, the queen died before I could get to her. But uh, yeah, it was, it's yeah. I've got the sword hanging on my wall, actually. And so you uh, went to a, Germany, uh, and you were in a you know a thousand year old castle with the swords, the sword on each shoulder. You, I dubbed the. No, they no, they came to me when I was living in Burbank, California, oh, okay. and we got knighted out at a mission uh, about twenty miles outside of L.A., which was just as exciting. I had a bunch of people there, uh, and the sword. I said, you can go over the head, but just don't go left and right with that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> you want to protect the beard. Don't shave that off. Did, did, is this something that you were nominated for, or do you apply for this? I mean, I, I'm just amazed by this whole process. Well, the group came to me and wanted to knight me, and I said, well, let's do it. So now they want to make me a count, which is <laughs> next step up. Is I, I said, is that Count Dracula, or is that just Count Bertie? I said, I'll stay with the knight commander, which I've got. I had no idea. So what is there something above account? Someday oh, yeah, you could be king. Up. You'll be king someday. Oh, God, that scares me just thinking about it. Can you imagine <laughs> me being a king? King of what? King of the sponge docks, I guess. I don't know. We're speaking to the future king of Germany, uh, Bertie Higgins. And... You know, we were in Munich shooting a movie a couple of years ago. Germany's great, man. If I lived there, I'd weigh 900 pounds. Of the food is some of the best I've ever had in my life. They, they've got these little old restaurants out in the middle of the Black Forest, and these little old ladies come up with stained aprons and none of the chairs match. But when they put that stuff on the table, it's killer. Some of the best food I've ever had. Well, okay. I think I'm, I've got my uh, – I'm satisfied with the night story. Uh, and we've mentioned uh, movies and, and your pal Burt Reynolds. Let's talk about the, the Hollywood connection here. Uh, I guess most recently you mentioned you shot a movie in, in Germany. What was, uh, in this conversation anyway, most recently, what well, was that the, the, movie? What was going on there? Well, we, there was a documentary that we shot that we're still wrapping up on, just about to finish after two years. Uh, it's about Bill Haley and the Comets and the creation of rock and roll. Oh, this is cool. And uh, the biggest museum on Bill Haley and the Comets is in Munich, Germany. I had no idea. I didn't either until I flew over there and said, wow, look at this thing. But I got tired of Chuck Berry and these guys going, I'm the father of rock and roll. I went, no, man. Bill Haley was. And there was nothing like it before him. And uh, he, he had a rough life, though, you know. He died of too, drinking too much uh, whiskey. He died in Texas. And uh, I spoke to his family, his kids, and stuff like that. We spoke to them. Uh, and they had great family stories to tell about the old man. But the other the other three are feature films, which are really tough. 
when you do 27 albums, that's a walking park. One feature film will put you in the ground. They're tough to do, especially on a lower budget. We have Tom Sizemore in one of them. You remember Tom? I know Tom. Yeah, I remember him. He's a great. He's been in a lot of military movies. He's a great actor. Black Hawk Down and uh, Saving Private Ryan, but he's a great actor. A little cantankerous at times. Uh, I'll never forget we had this hotel. We shot at my hometown of Tarpon Springs. Uh, smuggling marijuana back in the early 70s on shrimp boats. Packed tons of marijuana. And they used to do that at the sponge docks down here in the middle of the night, unload them. And uh, we had a hotel leased here. And going toward the end of the shoot, he called me in my room and said, Bertie, come on up here. I need to talk to you. So I go upstairs and I crack the door and he said, listen, you got $200 on you? I said, sure. But I'm giving him a series stipend every day. And I wanted to say, what happened to the money I'm giving you? But I did. He said, I got this woman in here. I need to get rid of her before I fly back to L.A. And I'm going, he said, I'll get it back to you. And that's been three years ago. I never heard a dime of it back. <laughs> but that's Tom Sizemore. Wonderful so, actor. So what was that movie called? Is it out? And what did you do? What was your role? Executive producer? No, I was the producer. And I also took a role in it. I take a role in all my movies. And I said, if you guys don't like it, then you fund the thing. Leave me alone. Agreed. But, uh, it was an interesting. I mean, I enjoyed shooting in my hometown. Then we had the premiere out at the local theater, which we packed two screens. It was an amazing time. Uh, it was called, the original was uh, Through the Eye. And the eye is an area between Cuba and the coast of Mexico, which is about 90 miles. It's a pass where all those boats would come through, deep water. Mm -hmm. But the distributors renamed it the Columbian Connection. I said, ooh, how boring. But since you guys bought it, you name it what you want. But it's out there. In fact, a friend of mine who invested is living now in Bahrain, which is near Saudi Arabia, said, you know, I just flew to China, and they were showing one of your films on the plane. And he said, I've seen it several times on aircraft. And I said, well, where are the royalties? Come on, get them in the door. No kidding. But it's it, it's been an interesting run. In fact, we may shoot another one. We shot one called Christmas in Hollywood, which was a cute movie. Uh, but now they, they want to redo, call it Christmas in Hollywood, dot, 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 Florida, that is, Hollywood, Florida. Mm. So we're working on the screenplay now. We'll see where it goes. And you work on these movies with your son that's uh, out in Hollywood? Yeah. Julian directs. He's just a great director. This kid is amazing to watch. You know, we had a young boy in the last, in the Christmas in Hollywood movie, which Julian had difficulty working with the kids. So I took over uh, director, and I was hard. He was hard to work with, and I finally pulled him aside and slapped him in the face, and I said, "Look, if you don't get your act together, you're out of here." And he straightened up finally. But Shooting movies are difficult to do, man. It's a big process. When does the Bill Haley uh, documentary come out? I, I want to. I'm going to watch that as soon as we can finish the final edit. And uh, there's got to be some color correction okay. and artwork to be done, but it, it, it's on its way. That's you know the the song "Rock Around the Clock" meant so many things to so many different uh, generations of people. Like I grew up in the '70s, so to me. My point of reference for that song is the theme song from Happy Days. And did you ever see Did you ever see the movie Blackboard Jungle with Glenn Ford? I did not. Well, that was the theme of that movie, and that broke ground. And amazingly enough, we 
interviewed Peter Ford, Glenn's son, who lived right down the street from me in Burbank. And uh, he had glowing things to say about his father because uh, he was a true movie star, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he lived he lived in Beverly Hills in a single-bedroom mansion. But out his back door through the fence, who was one of the one of his lovers, they used to sneak back and forth across the fence late at night. Just interesting stuff, man. When I think back on what I've seen and done and the stories I've got to tell, uh, I mean, I can tell you some Mel Tillis stories that will scare you to death. <laughs> Mel was a maniac, but a great guy. I enjoyed being with Mel. But uh, I don't know, man. I've, I've had some fun times. And sometimes they were difficult. But in retrospect, they were always had a certain potion of fun in them. I get criticism. Well, I thought Jimmy Buffett sang that song. Well, no, he didn't. I did. But of course, Jimmy's worth almost a billion dollars now. And I, I know Jimmy real well. We've hung out back and forth for years. He used to be intimidated when I put out a new album. And our lawyers are the same, Joel Katz in Atlanta. And Joel <laughs> said, you, you, he intimidated, you intimidate him, and we don't know why. And I said, well, Joel, I don't know why either, but bless his heart. To do what he's done on the strength of Margaritaville is amazing. But I've had a couple bars down in Key Largo was one of them. Had a lot of fun, made a lot of money with it. But I had to get out of there. Rose. I was on the road to alcohol, man. That's a bad road to get on. For sure. Well, All right, Adam, so what are you doing, Hoss? What's going on? Well, you know, if, if Jimmy can uh, have a, 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 a series of resorts called Margaritaville, uh, I'm smelling a series of resorts called Key Largo. Well, the- he, he, he's he got a, straight, a great staff around him. People that work for him are really talented people. You know, he, I don't, you know he, I, he wouldn't have time to do concerts, write books, and run these enterprises. So he wrapped his arms around people he'd been with for years that are very talented business people. So God bless him. Onward and upward, Jimmy. For sure. All right. I want to get back to uh, the movie career in a second. But first, since we were just talking about Key Largo, or at least I was, um, we talked about something on on our broadcast called the Yacht Rock Lifestyle. And your video for Key Largo encompasses so many characteristics of the Yacht Rock Lifestyle. The sea, the ocean, boating, the the fashion i mean the the suit the white suit you're wearing with the hawaiian shirt the hairy chest with the medallions i mean the girl you, the beautiful woman in the video there's just so many yacht rock life yacht lifestyles amazing aspects of that video let's talk about that video well um, a couple of stories uh who was the who was the artist who did all the soup cans he's a very famous artist right has been for years okay uh, CBS sent his director down to direct the video. And uh, and we shot it right here in Tarpon Springs in a little island offshore here. The boat I was in belonged to my brother-in-law. But they went to Tarpon Springs High School and pulled this girl out of the senior class. She didn't want to do it. She was too afraid. <laughs> but her, her parents talked her into it. Now she's got her own fan following and her own website. What because of that fun? video? Huh? Forty years later, she's got a website in a and oh a yeah, fan her, name following. her name is Patty Wolf now. <laughs> but I was doing a local TV show here, Channel Thirteen in Tampa, about three years ago, and they were interviewing me. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this person walking on the set. Well, it was her. All these years later, looked just like she always did. And they flew her in, found her, and brought her on the set. 
and we went to lunch and it was a fabulous day for me. I had a great time. But yeah, we shot that in two days and we they run out of time because she was supposed to cheer up toward the end of it, which they didn't have time to shoot. But when I look at it now, it's just so old and primitive. But a great story about that, there was a major DJ named Scott Shannon, who is now the morning DJ at CBS uh, Radio in New York. Mm-hmm. But he and I were out on my boat, drinking and whatever was illegal those days. But they had given me two three-quarter-inch tape copies of the video, and I gave him one as a gift. Well, about three months later, he became the first VJ on VH1, and they had no programming. So they ran Key Largo 10, 12 times a day. And that's what, helped, that's what helped drive that song into the hearts of America, I'm sure. That is a great fun fact that the video uh, a, really, a, another, really catapulted another, that song. Another interesting story. At that time, I was split up with my girlfriend who became my wife. And I wrote that for her and I. And there was only one radio station playing it nationwide that was wwid about 40 miles outside of atlanta and if you parked your car in the right direction held your mouth right it would come trick trickling in over your radio so i set a deal with the program director to play it at noon the following day and i invited bev to go to lunch and we went to lunch but before it went in it turned noon and i turned the radio on and there it was coming through static and all and it played all the way through and i said boy this is great and she turned to me and says, is that you? And I said, yes, honey, I wrote that for you. She said, well, you're singing flat on the last verse. <laughs> and I went, well, there goes the romance, man, out the window. <laughs> Funny story. Broke my heart right that, there. That is great. Yeah, you should have kept that to yourself. And the song, it went to number eight uh, on the Billboard Hot 100 in uh, 82, correct? And it went to number one in the adult contemporary shots. So prior, prior to that, uh, what was the career doing prior to Key Largo? And how did that song, when it hit, change things? Well, you know, I was I was always a single Martin guitar player in the bars around Tampa Bay. And I had a good following here, but I said, you're never going to get out of here like this, Bernie. So I left and went to Atlanta where I knew people from playing drums with Tommy Rowe. And that was the Lowry group in Atlanta. Well, I wrote the song, took it in the bill, Lowry. He weighed about 350 pounds, and I'm sitting on the edge of his desk with my old beat-up Martin guitar playing it for him. And he finally suddenly got up and started dancing. And he said, Bertie, no, he said, lad, if this son of a bitch ever gets legs, it'll live forever. And he said, and I said, are you kidding? But I knew we had written some because we were playing this little country bar in Augusta, Georgia named Smokey's. And uh, in fact, the night we moved in on the Sunday, they had to clean the blood off the dance floor so we could set up our gear. <laughs> so I had to do that song eight, ten times a night, and I'd just written it. And I said, Bertie, after writing over 200 songs, you might have one. So that's how all that started. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it creeped into the Billboard Hot 100. And at 72, it lost the bullet. And the bullet is when it's moving quickly. And we all panicked, but it got the bullet back the following week. And we watched it climb up the charts. And it was an exciting time in my life because I was living in a one-bedroom apartment in Atlanta. No furniture. And one and one night, I was sitting on the floor naked with an old quilt wrapped around me that my mother had made. And it was winter, and it was raining outside. And I had a can of beer on the floor and a pack of cigarettes. 
And I said, God, is this what success is? And I, I, I finally remembered that I had an advance check from ASCAP for $100,000. And I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> and, I, and I never went back to sleep. This was at 3 in the morning. And the next day I cashed it. We bought new clothes, bought a new Cadillac, and had a ball. Moved out of that little crappy apartment I was in. But that was how it all started. Uh, I, I can't, right, thank, can't thank you enough, um for the time, for your efforts. Uh, again, for our listeners, uh, you can check out his new streaming stuff, uh, of his old stuff, uh, through the Time Life series. Just Google Time Life Bertie Higgins, and you'll be able to find it and download it. And uh, and have a great time sailing away to Key Largo with Bertie Higgins. Thank you so much, Bertie. Well, did you enjoy the interview? <laughs> well, of course I did. I can't tell you how much I learned. Um, I, I, I didn't know there was a Bill Haley Museum in Germany, but now thanks to big you, one. I know that. A big one. Amazing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always amazed at stuff in the world. Amazing. All right, well, I'll cut you loose, man. Listen, all you people out there that happen to be listening, God bless you all. Take care of yourself and love everyone around you. Please. And that's from me, Bertie Higgins. Okay, my brother. Well, God bless you, Adam, and I enjoy talking. I really enjoyed this, Bertie. Yeah, me, me too. Thank you so much, we'll, and we'll do this again for sure. We had it all Just like Buggy in the car Starring in our own late, late show Sailing away to Key Largo Here's looking at you, kid Missing all the things we did We can find it once again Hello Just like they did in Key Largo The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.